We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Report. Um, lot to talk about this week, week four. Brought in a uh, our DFS specialist, Michael Hitchcock, to help us run through the news. As always, I'm here with Hassan. How's it going, guys? Living the dream. Um, just, uh, just a reminder for everyone who's listening to this on uh, the recording version, we are doing these uh, Sunday night. We record them at 7 p.m., so we're doing this while the, the games are still happening. In fact, if you guys are looking for a timestamp, uh, Romeo Dobbs just scored a touchdown, and uh, he absolutely nuked uh, the defender who I believe was uh, Jonathan Jones. So Jonathan Jones, rest in peace, um, and, and all hail Romeo Dobbs. Michael, how's it going, man? Great, great. Got plenty of Dobbs on Dynasty teams, thanks to Rotoviz saying he was the play over Christian Watson. So things are good, man. Uh, speaking of things being good, I actually wanted to touch on your article this week because you kind of really nailed, I think, a lot of the meat and bones of how to construct your small field GPP lineups. You mind talking to some of our listeners uh, just about your process here um, uh, and, you know, just sort of how your, your DFS day went? Just because uh, I'll be pretty honest, I followed your stuff to a T and I've got some sweats going on right now. Oh, nice. Um, so I do not have any sweats, but... Um... So basically the thought process this week was I really liked the Philadelphia Jacksonville game, but it was just really tough to fit Hertz and a pass catcher and Kirk who was 6,600 with uh, Henry. Cause I really liked Henry wrote him up. He's been getting some targets. I think he's like 35 PPR a game when he gets more than four targets, but you know, his targets have been going up, which is nice. So that didn't really work out too well because Lawrence, Kirk, A.J. Brown didn't really do much. And then I thought Amari Cooper was going to be a sneaky play, but apparently so did everybody else, and he didn't really do too well either. So I didn't really do too well, but you got some sweats going on? Uh, I have I have one, and it's kind of all contingent on Jerry Judy here because I saw that you wrote Russ at Cook. So really hoping for a couple of big Jerry Judy uh, uh, you know, some Jerry Judy time right here because uh, I can tell you guys right now, I lost a lot of money sports betting. So for those of you who do sports bet, uh, don't do it. <laughs> uh, like low well, dollar parlays with high odds for fun. But yeah, yeah. I don't really do so much sports betting either. Uh, like the fantasy. You had the under on Justin Fields passing yards or something? 
No, no, because that was like the lowest like it, it's ever been for any player of all time. That was a bad. That that would have been a bad play, but just like uh, like a bad run out on like a lot of on like a, a lot of like by the hook type of L's. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Jerry Judy is kind of my ticket here to either a top ten or a top five finish. Um, awesome. In uh, in in a couple of in a, in a couple of leagues, uh, but I haven't checked the standings of late, so let's see how that well, let's see how that like shakes out. But um, but uh, be, the people aren't here to listen to our about us fan, talk about our fantasy teams. Let's be honest; they're here to hear about the news and yeah. uh, and uh, and uh, a guy who we talked about last week. Um, uh, he he popped off last week and he continues to pop off. Uh, Chris Olave he caught four or seven targets for six seven yards and a score in the Saints' week four loss to the Vikings. Um, so Michael, are you gonna be just sort of? Is he like an every week must start kind of player, like contingent on price? Obviously, uh, is this like you know he seems to do it with Winston and now the Red Rifle? And then Blair, I had a question for you because like he wasn't an early declare, but like you were fairly high on him uh, go through the draft season. Like you know, like is he one of those prospects that kind of defies that uh, early early declare um, uh, heuristic that we have? Yeah, he might be, and I think the the thing that you have to look at is. Um, you have to kind of ask why guys don't declare early, especially when they could have. So Olave at Ohio State was better than a lot of the guys he was playing alongside. Like he looked better in many cases than Garrett Wilson, for instance, um, much better than Jamison Williams when he was at Ohio State. So, you know, you look at Olave as a guy who could have probably declared early and gotten that high draft capital yeah, and for whatever reason chose not to. And maybe – Maybe it's because he actually didn't get a high draft grade after his junior season. I'm not actually sure on that. Um, I mean, if that were the case, that would almost be a red flag. But, you know, in any case, I mean, he looks pretty awesome out there uh, racking up the air yards and, and scoring touchdowns. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I would say I was higher on Olave than I would normally be on a, on a you know, four-year senior, but still had him lower than than a lot of other of the rookie guys. So, but I'm I'm excited to see him. Michael, where are you at on his on on his play as a as a weekly DFS play? You know, price um, so I'm, not, I'm not sure what his price will be, but I mean, if Michael Thomas is going to be banged up or be out, I would say he's probably going to be a pretty good play because I feel like a lot of guys like that, like their price doesn't rise high quickly enough and people are still hesitant to play them on the way up. And I feel like that's kind of the same thing in dynasty fantasy football too, where like you can still acquire these guys as they're having these big games. Cause maybe other owners are looking to cash out or they just think, ah, maybe that performance is a little fluky. So they are, they're not valuing them as high as they should. Like Blair, do you think like, my buddy was asking me this earlier today. Like, would you give up like a lottery first round pick, like top four, 2023 first for Olave? Like, I feel like that's got to be at least fair, whether you would do it or not. I feel like it's like a fair assessment at this point. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair given what we've seen from him. Like, obviously the Saints use him a lot. They use him in ways that tend to lead to high, you know, high scoring fantasy days. So I think that, definitely you would you would have to consider that i mean the time value of a 2023 pick alone yeah for sure it's a little bit less than probably what olave gives you now right 
Blair, you mentioning that he bucks that that trend of prospect who you know doesn't have to be an early declare but could have been an early declare had he chose has he so chose reminds me a lot of another guy who you and I used to talk about quite a lot last year when he was having a massive season was Debo Samuel. Mm. Remember, because 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 Debo was a guy that we wrote up and we had no idea how to treat it because he was injured and he was like smashing and he would have left had he not gotten hurt in back to back seasons. Like we were, we were very like because it's really where the where the entire framework falls apart is these guys who smashes like basically have these coming out parties like they like they end the season with that dominator rating that you that you want to see and then they still have to they're forced to go back to school whether it's or they choose to go back to school like Cortland Sutton did right like Cortland Sutton said he wanted a degree like it was like a, a matter of pride for his family and he's a phenomenal prospect so like. There are always going to be these exceptions to the to the early declare heuristic because you can use it as a really good rule of thumb for who's good, but there are these like elite prospects who tend to stay stick around for whatever reason, right? Like maybe 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 Olave, you know, um, decided like I like I want to try and win a, like a national championship, and I think we have the team to do it, and they didn't, right? And so like and so like because like I mean that highest that Ohio State team with CJ Stroud is a national championship winner. And yeah. I mean, like with the, with the receivers that they've still got coming out this year, like you can see where his like thought process would have been. Um, there's a good question here in the chat, guys, and it's actually on our show sheet uh, from Getz. He says, "What do I do with Taylor?" So Taylor, actually head coach Frank Reich, so said that Jonathan Taylor is undergoing further testing for a potential high ankle sprain. Um, unfortunately, this is just a hold, man. Like I, I I don't know about you guys, but speaking for myself, as someone who is uh for lack of a better word, cursed, cursed, yes. Cursed with a 101 a lot this year. Um, uh, I, I am, like, I'm stuck. Like, I like I can't trade him. No one no one wants to give me what he's actually worth. He's, he's genuinely, like, he's genuinely scoring less than my backup running backs of Raheem Mostert and, like, Michael Carter. And this is, this is, you know, what do you do with a guy like what do you do with a guy like Taylor? I think you just unfortunately you have to hold him and then just hope that he comes good like in the later part of the season. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. You can't, you can't. Uh, I mean, I guess you could try and trade him if you need the production now. Like if you, if you're like one and three, and you're yeah, like, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, like, that's a good point. Like, you know, and like in Dynasty, like. It depends on how you're building your team, I would say. Like, if you're, I mean, for me in Dynasty, I think the best way is to build a team around all the other positions and then get the running backs last because they don't last as long. So that's how I like to personally build my Dynasty team. So, like, if you're not a contender and nowhere near contender and you have Taylor and there's another person that's on the rise willing to part with two or three first round picks, preferably three first round picks, I would definitely cash out at that point. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. Yeah, you obviously don't want to sell too low on Taylor because I mean, no, he's awesome. Three first I minimum, think, I would say in Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like anyone is going to give him up for too cheap either. But this also, if you're on a, if you have a Dynasty team that, you know, maybe you can use a running back, um, and you're, you know, this could be an opportunity to start some trade talks, even if you don't really get a discount on Taylor. For sure. Sure. I like that. Like that's a, that's a that's an interesting way to think about it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean it's it's just a shame. Um, uh, out of curiosity for either of you guys, like is is Heinz the pickup here, or is there someone else who we're not seeing? Perhaps Philip Lindsay. Is he still on the so, team? So Heinz for sure. <laughs> is Lindsay still on the team? That's a good uh, question. 
I mean, do we want any Colts players not named Michael Pittman right now? If Taylor's out, man, Pitt, Pitt, Pittman didn't even God, do that well. So I, bad. I, I actually want a piece of this Kylan Granson guy. Kylan Granson. Yeah. Well, both the both the Colts tight ends popped off today. They had a lot. Like they had a lot of guys just in. Um, they played a lot of two tight end sets. I don't know what the Colts were doing. Uh, I'm still in shock so that. that uh, did you watch the game? Oh yeah, I'm a Titans fan, so I watched the whole oh. game. I had it on. Uh, I, I, yeah, can you talk to me a little bit terrible. about like the Colts? Like, like what? They're like, terrible. how did Michael? How did Matt Ryan hit 356 passing yards? Well, they were down like 24 to seven pretty early in the game, so they were literally just throwing the ball a ton. And the Titans are super banged up on defense. They really their defense is bad anyway, but they're pretty banged up. They had a lot of guys out, so yeah, I mean. It was just game script, I think. Matt Ryan is – he's fully dust. Every time he throws a pass, I just think of when they signed him or traded for him, whatever. And Reggie Wayne, like two weeks later, was like, this guy is giving me Peyton Manning vibes. Ooh. <laughs> it just makes me, makes I mean, me laugh every time. I mean, I mean that's, 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 that's pretty big coming from someone who actually played with Peyton in his, in his prime. Right, and Matt Ryan's playing the exact opposite of Peyton Manning in his prime. <laughs> he's like uh... – what what year was it? 2015, 2016, Peyton Manning when <laughs> Right, maybe that Peyton Manning. In, in spite of him, despite his uh lame duck passes. A lot of bad QB play in the NFL right now. Um yeah, that's actually a good something a good to point out, if only because uh there's like a handful of good QBs, like four or five, mm-hmm. and there's like no more middle class. It's all bad, right? But this, here's a guy who I think could be uh, uh, actually a viable waiver pickup in um, Kenny Pickett. He completed 10 of his 13 passes for 120 yards. He also had three ints in the Steelers' 24-20 week four loss to the Jets, really putting the pick and picket there. <laughs> but um, but uh, what, what are you guys' thoughts on him? Are you guys going to be bidding on him? What, what, how, are we, how are we approaching that? I think Pickett is... Uh... Well, yeah, I think he's worth going after for sure. I mean, if only for the rushing upside he seems to give you. Um, you know, he can uh, score fantasy points on the ground. Um, uh, and it's not like he's going to be worse throwing the ball than Trubisky was. Uh, I mean, the team the team's given up on Trubisky, frankly. Yeah. Uh, like if you like if you I, like, I actually watched this game because like, I, I'm in market. I can't watch any other games. Like they were done. Like 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 the, like the team did not want to play for Trubisky. Like they were just done with him. Like you could just tell, like the amount of anger and resentment they kind of had towards having him under center. Yeah. Um. Uh, unfortunately, a couple of the, the the picks that Pickett had were not his fault. One was a phenomenal pick that, like, so Chase Claypool bobbled one off his chest into the arms of a Jets set defender who was very hyper aware to swat it into the arms of an actual cornerback. Right. So that's like not really on him. Mm. Um, do he had this like crazy rushing upside, right? Like six carries, fifteen yards, two scores. Um, <clears throat> the yeah. offense looked really good under him. Frankly, uh, the guy who looked the best under him was George Pickens. Like those guys, like like maybe it's a maybe it's a last name or something, but they were able to just get something going at the same time. Like 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 Pickens, six catches, hundred and two yards. Um, eight targets and and then Pat Freermuth also looked really good with, with with Pickett under center. Deontay Johnson came painfully close to a very big day, but Chase Claypool is pretty much an afterthought now. I think in, in this offense um, with Pickett uh, on under center. 
Um, on the other side of the ball, uh, I, I really liked uh, what what we well not really liked, but you know you weren't going to get much else out of Zach Wilson. Wilson, he had eighteen, you know, completed eighteen of his thirty six pass attempts for two hundred fifty two yards, a score, and two ints. Um, what was interesting to me was his his distribution of targets. He was also let down a little bit by his receivers. Um, interestingly, Corey Davis kind of came up really big for the Jets. Uh, five catches, seventy four yards, and a score. Um, so guys, like, is this the Corey Davis that we thought we'd be getting? Like he just needed a new change of scenery. Um, because I mean, Elijah Moore is still there. Garrett Wilson was also still there. He made a few boneheaded guy drops. Um, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Like, is like, cause Wilson did a decent job enough in my mind, uh, to where I, that we actually started him in our, in our main event league, but I'm really interested in him going forward as well. I oh, feel like, um, I feel like, uh, Wilson locks on to Davis. I feel like he has ever since he he's been starting and I feel like Pickett locks on to Pickens because maybe they're more backups in camp and they've just had a lot of rapport together. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I mean, it's interesting, you know, like obviously the jets won this game, but you didn't see the passing volume from Wilson that we saw from Flacco. And I wonder how no, much we did. He had, 30... he had 36 packs attempts. He just didn't complete as many. Yeah. But... Well, yeah, they didn't, they didn't run like 50 plays. Well, like right. stats, yeah. I mean, part of that is Brees Hall carrying the ball 17 times, yeah. Michael Carter another nine. So they were. He looks good, man. Brees Hall, he looks oh, yeah. like a superstar. Oh, yeah. I mean, so yeah, it, I think there's a question about whether whether this was game script related or whether it's related to the quarterback they have under center. Like they don't somehow want Wilson attempting as many passes as Joe Flacco. Uh, I think it's. I think it was game script. It's just interesting. Um, something to watch. Yeah, for sure. No, no. Like I was watching this game. I think it's mostly game script because, like, this is the first time the Jets have actually been competitive in a game. Like, right. like, like think back to the one that the Jets won, uh, where there was like no. Yeah, week two. Week two, right? Yeah, where it was like this ridiculous come from behind win. Right. I think they were losing most of that game. Uh, against the Browns, yeah, and then and then yeah. yep, 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 yep. The, the Browns had that massive they were winning. Collapse. They were winning most of this game, so maybe yeah. they just weren't used to the feeling of being ahead, so they didn't really know what to do with themselves. They did a good job, though. Uh, I mean, the, the one thing I will say is, like, Wilson actually looks kind of confident in the center. Uh, he looked he look, he look good, um, which is good. Um, uh, I mean, I'm kind of off the belief that, that Wilson – might actually be the second best quarterback in this class now. Like, I think that we just like we're gonna think the proof is gonna be in the pudding soon. Um, and I know the fantasy community is like not ready to hear that. They don't want to live in that world, right? Like, they like they just don't want to live in that world. Um, so I think in like super flex leagues, uh, you could potentially send out feelers for Wilson. I mean, realistically, no one has because they don't want him. But now that they're seeing this and they're seeing him able to actually put up points. Like realistically, if someone is going to be offering me for Wilson, I'm going to be using him. But the first to try and up it, right? So like, if a Lamar owner tries to like trade for Wilson or something, I'm going to be asking for Lamar if I can make that work. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. People that drafted quarterbacks in last year's rookie class are down bad because really chances bad. are, if you drafted Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, not only did you pass them up for Zach not only did you pass Zach Wilson up but you also passed up Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase. Yeah, and so and Wilson was scenes. the cheapest, right? Wilson was like dirt cheap, remember? Yeah, he was the cheapest by far. We're driven by the search for better, 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's, it's, it's genuinely interesting, like, how guys like, like, like Lawrence retain their value. Uh, but I'll be, I'll be interested in seeing how um, Wilson's value shifts going forward, right? Because, like, he's actually got the better, the better supporting cast. Like, yeah. like, you know, like, this is kind of like the um, – uh, a little bit like the, like, like, like the Geno Smith thesis, right? Like, you wanted to stash him because he was able to throw to, throw to Metcalf, throw to Lockett. They had, and right. I mean, like, and today this was a game that you actually pointed out, Michael. Um, but the guy who I wanted to highlight on the Seahawks side is really Rashad Penny, who carried the football 17 times for 149 yards and two scores and got his lone target for six yards in the Seahawks' week four win over the Lions. Um, you know, so just just wanted to get your thoughts like what the I know you targeted this game fairly heavily, so what got you really onto it? So, I mean, Penny was only 4,900. And I felt like his mix of floor and ceiling was very similar to, you know, a Khalil Herbert or maybe not floor, but definitely ceiling Khalil Herbert and Jamal Williams are just a fraction of the ownership. Unfortunately, Jamal Williams had a great game himself. So that really didn't help me too much, but yeah, I mean, Penny is just awesome. Like he, anytime he has like a good matchup and, you know, positive game script, like he's just awesome. He had another long run today. He, I mean, he lived on those long runs down the stretch last season. I think he's just a really good player. Yeah, I mean that's like, but that's a skill, right? Explosiveness. Yeah, for right. sure. He's definitely like a really good runner. Maybe one of the best runners um, in the league. I think when healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to be concerned with the lack of targets. Even Ken Walker only got one in this game. Penny only got one. DJ Dallas basically had uh well i don't know he did nothing it looks like he played some snaps but no no offensive yeah. touches um which i mean you know it's seattle you don't expect a lot of running back targets here but uh no definitely not does kind of change how you how you look at these guys kind of on a week-to-week basis because they don't have that they don't have that pass catching upside right and that's just like a watered down version of like what Derrick Henry is. Yeah. You know, so like yeah. he, he, if he's not in a positive game script, like, you know, Titans were up 27 to 10 in today's game. So obviously Henry had a good game. 
but 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 last week Henry had some some major some major targets though. So, but I, I you know you, you said you were a Titans fan, so I wanted to get your thoughts on this one, which is Traylon Burks who left the locker room today on crutches and in a walking boot after being carted off yeah. in, in injury. What do you think the distribution of targets is is there going forward? <clears throat> because so, because Derek Woods. Henry got five targets again today. Woods and Henry, they don't really have much else. <laughs> it's just going to be, but they don't throw a whole lot, so it's a it's a small pie to go around, you know. And the games that they win, they're not going to throw a lot. And Vrabel's like an old school kind of guy, and Burks had a holding penalty that cost the Titans a touchdown today. So even if Burks feel like he wouldn't be on the rise just yet he's a super old school coach that mm. you know like like he got mad at malik willis in the preseason for running too much <laughs> like that's that's what he does like that's the guy you drafted you know it's kind of frustrating but is yeah what it is, I, guess. I, I mean i'm off the belief that they should be turning to malik anyway but but the team keeps winning so like how can you change it change it up yeah and it's a bad division too so i mean pretty good chance we're gonna just get stomped by the AFC good teams and the the good AFC teams in the playoffs. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not it's <laughs> it's uh, certainly not very competitive. Um, no, but then again, the NFC West is not as good as we thought it was going to be. The Raiders have been terrible. The uh, Broncos have been pretty terrible. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of about the Broncos, actually, since potentially big injury there as well. Yeah, Williams. Down with yeah. knee injury, um, he was carted off the field. I mean, Melvin Gordon actually—I don't know what's happened since, but oh yeah, he still has negative fantasy points in this one. So he's, um, you know, I think they mentioned him for for that fumble. I think he fumbled twice in this game, and he's fumbled four times. I feel like Mike Boone's probably Mike. I, Boone. seen, yeah. I feel like Mike Boone. I mean, Mike Boone's definitely going to be a hot waiver pickup this week. Sure. Melvin Gordon's not getting all the touches. And I mean, if he fumbles again, like, I mean, you can't just fumble every game. Like the coaches are going to bench you. Like we were just talking about, these guys are old school. They don't like when you put the ball on the ground. Yeah. yeah it's uh... is worth adding. If you maybe particularly, if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner or Javante Williams owner. Yeah. Or <laughs> if you have like, Travis Etienne, and you're still hanging on to that dream. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I mean, the, yeah. Today, Travis, yeah, he, he had like eight rushes for 32 yards, right? Like the Etienne dream is is rapidly going it's down dead. the toilet, man. He didn't have fewer rushing attempts than James Robinson, though. Like Robinson. I know, and Robinson, and Robinson did lose a fumble in this game, I think. Um, I, I mean, the, the the Titans jumped out to like, it's, I mean, I mean, not the Titans, the Jaguars jumped out to an early lead. Those are like the only points they would score. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, it, it's almost like it's almost like uh, you know Christian Kirk and Jamal Agnew, <laughs> Jamal Agnew aren't it? You know what I mean? And it was on a play that Etienne should have been in on. Like it yeah. was the little like halfback flare out to the right side. Like why wasn't that Etienne? Why did that? Why was that Jamal Agnew? So um, yeah, so Jamichael Hasty with two targets, which is more than more than Etienne or Robinson. I mean, I don't think he's a thing, but how long can you hold on to Etienne before you have to uh I don't know, think about making some serious changes? I mean, he's I think Basically, with all the injuries you can hold him, but you definitely shouldn't be starting him anymore. Yeah. Like 
I feel like four weeks is a decent, decent enough sample size where we're starting to get into, you know, the teeth of the season where you're really going to see guys roles start to define here over these next few weeks. And he probably isn't startable right now. Do you think he's someone who's worth throwing out some kind of low ball offers for? Define In dynasty? Well, I mean, I don't know. In dynasty or redraft? Because I feel like Either. redraft, it's really hard to trade. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll so like me, it's like I got like really, like I was really feeling myself in a, in a, in a, in a redraft home league, and I traded away Tyreek Hill for Javante Williams last week. Wow. And the trade Oof. and the trade hasn't settled. I was like, oh, I don't own any Javante. Maybe I'll do it this one league. And I was like, I mean, it was looking good. I mean, uh, your no. your process was sound. I mean, Melvin fumbled twice today. Like his back, it was going to be his backfield. Like okay. it was. Signed, sealed, delivered. It was over, man. Like, I mean, he I mean, was about to take over today. That I mean, was happening. I, I mean, my, my whole issue is in this in this league, I have uh, so I have Kyler Murray, Christian McCaffrey, Khalil Herbert, Dyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Mark Andrews, Cortland Sutton, Gabe Davis, Drake London, Elijah Moore, Darrell Henderson, Michael Carter, and Romeo Dobbs, right? So, like, I was like, oh, I'm really feeling myself. Like, I can do what I want. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just, shout I out mean, Romeo Dubs, man. He's I having know. a game. Yeah. Uh yeah, he uh they just they just took away what should have been a big touchdown from him, um, which would have given me also uh a, a win on on a prop bet, but you know, mm. some things are just not to be. Um <clears throat> today is the day that I like I'm just going broke. Uh I, I'm gonna I need to find a bridge or something and live under there for a while. Um Actually, Michael, earlier we were talking off, off off camera, and you had a really good point about elite elite tight ends and like the case for elite tight ends, especially in best ball. So TJ Hawkinson in, in that game against the Seahawks, he got eight of twelve targets for 179 yards and two scores in the Lions' week four loss to the Seahawks. Do you want to talk to me a little bit about one, you know, Hawkinson and then two, the, the theory here behind elite tight ends? So I think Hawkinson, his price was egregious on underdog specifically all summer. Um, he was like a seventh, sometimes eighth round pick. Like that just never made any sense to me. So he's my highest owned player on underdog. I didn't max it or anything, but I mean, 11 or 12 teams over there. He's definitely my highest owned guy. And when it comes to elite tight end, I mean, it's just clear. Like these guys that score 30, 40 points in a week, like it takes some of the middle tight ends, like three or four, sometimes five weeks to score that many. Like it's literally just giving you such leverage on your team like mark andrews went two catches for 15 yards today like he's an elite tight end but i mean a lot of times you're facing a guy especially in head-to-head leagues that's getting like six points from their tight end and you're scoring 40 like you're basically starting with a 35 point head start like it's pretty simple to me i mean if you have kyle pitts you were dreaming of games like this (laughs) (laughs) it hasn't come to fruition yet yeah about about these elite tight ends like obviously they can give you such an advantage but we know i mean from pitts and hawkinson i think the other thing that that makes that dynamic so powerful is that um you have these elite tight ends who fail so often either because they right they underperform or they get hurt more than wide receivers do so when you get an elite tight end that actually that actually hits like Mark Andrews this year until today, that that really gives you an even bigger advantage. There's like an extra level of scarcity there. By the way, right. and uh, in best ball, you're just banking those points. So like those, you're already like yep. 
60 points in the bank for Mark Andrews the first three weeks. And like, yeah, this week, maybe he doesn't go into your lineup. Maybe the second tight end that you drafted does, but in redraft, like chances are, if you had Mark Andrews on your team, you're probably two and zero because he scored 30 yeah. two weeks in a row. So that three point game today really probably isn't killing you that much mm-hmm. because your record is probably good. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the other benefits, I guess, in best ball versus managed, even in managed, it's just that you're, you don't have to waste roster spots at the tight end position. Um, right. you're not, you know, you're not trying to stream tight ends. You're not like, Oh, I'm going to hold Robert Tanyan and Noah Fant, And then also I'm trying to think of one other guy who's like, in, right. in Austin Hooper, right? Like, you know, like I'm going to figure out which one of these three <laughs> yahoos I want to slot into my lineup day, right? Right. Um, You're not wasting time yeah. trying to think about what tight end to start. You're putting that time towards like what running back to pick up. Yeah. Or which wide receiver works. I mean, I mean, just, right. I mean, uh, today, today we got the, like, Blair, our, our, our Pentagon team is an absolute, like, um, uh, uh, lesson in hazing in the in the emmy um because uh the team we played against today hung 175 points on us and they still have two players left to go it was um, uh hawkinson team i assume yeah yeah we we have penny by the way so we went up against the hawkinson team they just, i mean they beat the brakes off of us like this is like legitimately unfair because like they got like a 35 spot out of josh jacobs um, yeah you mentioned that you know we uh, we're starting Zach Wilson because he looks good, but the real reason yeah. is because there just is nobody else. Yeah, like everyone's <laughs> roster, all the quarterbacks. Like it's and uh, it's like, do you want to start Justin Fields? Do you want to? That's legitimately, start... yeah. I think I think Ben Gretsch, Ben Gretsch looked at quarterbacks and he was like, "Well, this is a whole vibe," and it's like, "Yeah, man, like that, that vibe is us in the coffin right now, bro." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, man. It's it's fields, jeez, terrible vibes coming coming. Oh my god, um, I think the Packers are gonna lose this, guys. Uh, but uh, speaking of getting the having the brakes beaten off you, the Broncos are having the base brakes beaten off them by the Raiders today. Um, yeah, and the Raiders have been like really bad to start the season. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and they're doing it without Darren Waller, so that's another bet that I lost. Oof, that's that. Thirty-two twenty-three. The Vegas, the Vegas Raiders have beaten the Denver Broncos. So man, I'm gonna ask. Man. So like so like the so the Raiders like the Broncos have the most fraudulent two and two record, right? Like they beat the Texans and they beat like the Niners. They've got like the most fraudulent uh, two and two record, right? Uh, I don't think so, because I think after today, technically the Bears are two and two. <laughs> so the Jets are also two and two. Yeah, I think the Bears might be the most fraudulent two and two, but Broncos gotta be pretty close. The Bears really won two games, huh? Shoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, a lot of, well, I don't know. Speaking of, uh, speaking of like a, a guy who's a controversial draft pick, I wanted to get both your thoughts on this. A guy who's a controversial draft pick all offseason, right? Especially where he started going towards the end was Gabe Davis. He got one of his three targets for 13 yards in the Bills' week four win against the Ravens. Um, so Davis has had one good game, and that was back in week one. Ever since then, he's kind of been quiet. I think it's because he's been injured. But right. do you guys really think he's going to be, um, you know, that guy? Or like, or is this sort of just like a pipe dream? <clears throat> I mean, I think he definitely can be that guy. I mean, this was kind of maybe a weird game. I mean, Diggs also didn't do too much. You had McKenzie catching. Yeah, you, did you watch the game, Blair? Yeah, I did. I watched it. 
it was it was a difficult game to watch. <laughs> um, Second half in particular. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, Buffalo really did not look like they were like they were. You know, they looked like they were having trouble in the first half in the first three quarters, really. And, uh, yeah. and Baltimore's defense is not, you know, normally that good. So, right. I mean, this is the team that just gave up like 500 passing yards to Tua two weeks ago. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they sh- shut out the Bills in the first half. I think they were maybe playing a little over their heads today in the first half. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how much really to take away from this one game. I mean, the fact that Gabe Davis hasn't really had much of a, a fantasy presence outside of week one. Obviously, he missed week two, so you know maybe he's not 100% healthy yet. Um, I'm not ready to, to give up on, on Gabe Davis. No, definitely not. I don't think either. I mean, he's clearly a really talented player. He showed us he's shown us time and time again and he's attached to Josh Allen so I think you know if he was like your second or third wide receiver on your managed league team I'd still think you're slotting him in every week I mean you're never sitting him I actually want to push back a little bit on that Josh Allen comment because I think like Josh Allen's actually reverting to the mean a little bit Mm. like like today he he had some pretty iffy throws today uh, yeah and, and by that i mean through the air like let me be clear here it's it's yeah. through the air because he can still right. get it done with his legs because i mean today he rushed 11 times for 70 yards and a score like that's like the only thing that kept him in this game was his was his like rushing production like it's like lamar right. jackson-esque right because like, lamar had almost the same stat line it's eerily similar 11 carries 73 yeah. yards yeah i so, guess it's also the type of offense that it is too though because like they don't throw to running backs and they don't have like a tight end that like demands a lot of targets. So it's a pretty tight target tree yeah. and they are a pass heavy team. So like, even if Allen does regress a little bit, like I still think it's a nice offense to be attached to, yeah. especially if you're a talented player like him. But I mean, I, I can definitely see us, you know, four or five months from now being like, yeah, Gabe probably was a mistake in the third round. He's more of maybe a fifth or sixth round type of player. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, uh, it's what makes it more interesting because even Devin Singletary was getting into the act day, right? Like, like Singletary yeah. had uh, he was he's been getting fed quite a bit to the to the air. So I guess it kind of speaks to the fact that Gabe Davis isn't a hundred percent. So let me switch up this conversation like, question a little bit. So in redraft leagues, like, who are you giving to get? Gabe Davis, because I think he can be got by people who might have bought into the hype. Yeah, hmm. it's a good Let question. Think. Um, I mean, it's it's it, it, it's a tough question, right? Because like, because like Gabe Davis was really one of the. All right, here's a good one. Um, because mm-hmm. he had kind of a down game today, but he was like a tenth round pick. Because I feel like this early in the season, people are still looking at what round players were drafted in. Yeah, it's like if you drafted Gabe in the third, and someone drafted um like Garrett Wilson in the tenth. Yeah. Then you know Garrett Wilson last week probably would have been good to offer for someone like Gabe, but this week he had a down week. But I feel like that is a trade you could probably get done Garrett Wilson for Gabe. Garrett Wilson, Garrett, mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson for Gabe. Mm-hmm. Which side would you want of that trade? <clears throat> At this point, I, I think Gabe still. Wilson. I I think on principle, I tend to just reject wide receiver for for wide receiver trades, like 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 straight up because I I right. like I don't I hate playing the guessing game. Yeah. So one thing I was thinking, a guy who had a really good game today, who I think maybe isn't actually that good. 
Well, there are two of them. You could consider Damian Pierce, who did something today and is kind of trendy. Josh Jacobs also had a good game. I actually don't think I would trade either of those for Gabe Davis. No, like, I think I think I mean really? like, like like well the issue is running back is really bad. Like right, like 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 running and 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 like and by that I mean like running back the waiver wire is bleak. Like even the waiver wire is bleak, right? Like like you're pretty much going to yeah. like war with who you have. I mean, so just to go back a little bit, so like we have Etn and Rashad Benny on our on our main event team, and we thought we hit the lottery. We were popping bottles, like we were like celebrating like crazy. We were doing things like taking, well, this is like before we knew what was going to happen, but we took Isaiah Spiller ahead of Melvin Gordon, right? So it's just stuff like stuff like where you're you taking guys who have like serious contingent value because we didn't necessarily need standalone value as much. Um, and and you're seeing guys like, you know, Jamal Williams immediately come into play. Mm. Um, and and that's just like the way the way some of this stuff goes is like, like right now, this waiver wire is one of the worst like like early season waivers that I've ever seen. Um, and that why we, do you I, think that is? Though? I think like, I think, you think that is because like content is getting better and it's getting sharper. Like, do you think it's going to continue that way this year? And maybe this time next year or heading into draft season, we're looking at strategies like anchor RB and zero RB a little differently and managed because waivers aren't as soft as they've been in recent years. I think it's because like the issue is you don't have a lot of clear cut dusty vets who you should be avoiding while others are making that mistake, right? Like like dusty vets okay. that, that that people did jump on are guys like Allen Robinson and stuff. Like these are guys who kind of torpedo your your roster, right? Like like there's like a very clear delineation of guys who you want and then guys who you don't want this year. Like I feel like there's such a it's like a binary decision. Blair, correct me if I'm wrong. Like like like, like don't you feel that way? Like there was like like really, when you went down, if you go back to draft season, like there's like the you of all the available universe of guys you really want. Like there really could have been, you could have like really filtered out like fifty percent of, of 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 all available NFL players, and you would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I I think that's probably right. It's not about the content getting getting better or drafters getting sharper or anything. It's almost more a couple of dynamics that having to do with the NFL, where there aren't a lot of backfields where you have a backup who's gonna inherit a huge workload. You also haven't had a lot of really big um, first round injuries until today, maybe. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you you have a lot of backfields and gross committees, and you have um, yeah, I don't know. I think it has more to do with the makeup of a lot of NFL teams this year than yeah. than anything on the fantasy side. That's kind of my. Yeah, so just to just to macro talk a little bit or just like strategy game a little bit. Like um the big thing, the big thing this offseason that I heard was that this is the year of the veteran running back, right? Like this is the year because there's no really good running backs. Like we're just gonna see veteran running backs like reclaim their throne. Psych, they're not reclaiming anything, they're just bad. Like every running back is bad. Like here's here's the only one true veteran running back who people got right was Saquon Barkley, right? And after today's big game, you got CMC. But as a community, we already know which ones are going to be good. Like, like right. you know, you, you know what I mean, Michael. Like, 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 uh, like, like we've like we were targeting all of these guys, and then it leaves you. I mean, like, do you think like I can actually see a case for trying to trade up for Henry right now? You know what I mean? Like, like Eckler was yeah. dust until like today. You know what I mean? And that was against right. the Texans, who just bleed points at running back position. Right. Benny was right. like, like, like we, we lost games because Benny couldn't get us like one more catch. 
Uh, right. So like, you're just getting into these situations. And then there are all these other guys. Like, I guess maybe, like maybe the guys you want to stockpile are the Ken Walkers and the James Cooks and like all these rookie guys, right? Guys talented you want to, yeah, talented, like Spiller, maybe you want to hold him, right? Mm-hmm. Rojo, you might want to hold him. But like, but like, right. the, like when you play in these leagues, especially the FFPC where you got like 20, 20, 20 player teams, just, you know, like, like everybody worthwhile is rostered. And, and today I actually went to try to put in a bid for Latavius Murray. Um, and I don't think I saw him. So either he was rostered, he wasn't even in the player pool because he was on a practice squad until this morning. So like it's really just sort of been such a we're in such a flux position right now yeah. with the makeup of these teams. Like like you could get Craig Reynolds. He has some he popped off at the end of last season. You know what I mean? So like there's good there's gonna be guys that emerge. Like Mike Boone is, is available now, right? So so like so right. it's just it's just being patient. Right. Right. I mean, even when you talk about uh like the guys who are doing well, like everyone near the top of the running back leaderboard today is someone who was drafted relatively early and i think yeah. that just has to do with yeah. well i mean you know kind of some of it is just kind of coincidence that that uh, these guys are staying healthy for the most part and um you know we're not we're not seeing these justin jacksons and stuff need to be active on game day although he was today but right yeah that's a good point caleb huntley i don't know if he's a thing probably not Okay, that might be one that we have to actually dig, dig into, right? Because Tyler Algier might not be ready in CPAT. I mean, but that entire offense looked pretty bad today. So, yeah, yeah. it's Ritter time. Mariota, sorry, I, man. I think I, I agree. Love him as a Titans fan. Just I want to root for him and see him succeed, but it's it's time, man. He's, Speak. Yeah, he's then, the offense is the offense was bad today with Mariota, but like there's almost no way that anybody couldn't come into that offense and be an upgrade for Drake London and Kyle Pitts at this point. Right. So, I mean, right. You have, you have to want Ritter if you're a fantasy gamer. And on, and and on the flip side, I mean, Jahan Dotson continues his quiet takeover or at least getting a lot more uh, receiving yards. But I will say, man, Michael, like when's got to go, right? Like got to old yeller him. Oh my God. Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, like enough is enough. Like there's got to be some better options that we can see than those guys. Those guys are terrible. Yeah, I like I think Sam Howell, please. We need I, it. I would love. I to need see it. How we talked about this last week, and I was we were talking about it off off the air too, me and Michael. And it's just, I mean, like it's. I think it's pretty clear that they should at least give him a shot, but um, they need. But they need to, they right? But uh, they need to. But on the one hand, they paid Wentz so much. They're probably not ready to give up in the. But NXT. they're paying. But they. But they're paying per loss. I mean, at this point, like Riviera, got to be feeling the heat too, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> One nice thing is that, like, the Cowboys, Giants, and Eagles all have three or more wins. And they're yeah. one and three. So, I mean, they could be like their playoff hopes could be over, like, within the next, like, five weeks. Right. So maybe there's some chance for Howell fantasy playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if anything, like, I think, I think the team that's really shaping up. For this NFL season, was that Father Time remains undefeated, <clears throat> and you know you would think that these veterans who have been in the league for a very long time, or at least have been in, or, or at least have been in the league for a while, you expect them to get better, but sometimes they might actually be the problem, right? Like, see, Baker we're seeing Mayfield. it with Kamara and Cook right now. Kamara, Kamara and Cook, like 
I know only a few short weeks and cook like he's doing okay, but I mean, he's definitely not winning anything for you yet. I mean, maybe there's more big games to come, but I mean, or even, those or even are the guys that mm-hmm. those are the guys that are getting to that age where it's like, once it's over, it's going to be over quick. And like dynasty wise, like you're just going to be left holding the bag. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We say it all the time in our articles and on pods. I mean, even in redraft, you want to be, you want to be filling your teams with, with young guys and even your redraft teams should probably look more like rebuilding dynasty teams. Yep. Right. Zeke, prime example. He's the best example. I mean, oh. this was a time last year where people were still into him because he was still putting up good fantasy games. But, I mean, my God, it is over. You probably couldn't even get a second-round pick for him right now in Dynasty. Like, it is over. Oh, yeah, Dynasty. <laughs> he is done. I, I wasn't able to get a second-round like a second round pick for him last year. It was – it right, was. He's, he's been done, man. Like, like if you're playing these sharper, yeah. in these sharper leagues, you're – yeah, you're, you're yeah. holding – you're holding an he was scoring point points last year. Yeah. Like at least he was scoring points last year. This year he's like he's not scoring points and he's worthless. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh anything else we need to touch on before we get out of here? Um any other big so. news? Um, no, but I will say I'm very excited for tonight's uh Chiefs Bucks game. For sure. And uh yeah. realistically, I, I'm really more excited for probably for tomorrow night's uh Rams San Francisco game. If only because I'm optimistic that we see a Cooper Cup explosion and a possible uh, Debo Samuel explosion. Mm, that would be nice. Yeah, nice to see. Need some more wide receiver fireworks after. Uh, yeah. Well, Hamler had like a 60-yard catch today. So yeah, could but, be. Uh... But Dust Wilson is not looking good, man. <laughs> Again. <laughs> oh, he's not. He is not. Doesn't it seem like he does this every year, though, even in Seattle? Like, he's yeah. terrible to start the season and then picks it up in November. Yeah, but, like, yeah. but like by this, you mean be overdrafted and then, yeah, like, yeah. tanks your fantasy team? Right. When it's too late. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. tanking yeah. his team right now. After everyone drops him, he's good. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, Michael, you are writing DFS stuff for Rotoviz. Uh, where else mm-hmm. can people find you? Uh, just on my Twitter, uh, FF underscore Hitch. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check out um, his work on Rotoviz. He covers the uh, DraftKings main slate, mostly small field tournaments, which honestly are probably what most of you should be playing in. So, Yes, for sure. Small field. Build that bankroll. Definitely. All right. And uh, with that, yeah, we'll talk at you later.